This, this, this is, 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 is. Disciples. Welcome to podcast episode number 842. We are the Fight Disciples. This is your MMA review from the weekend just gone. Lots to get stuck into. Bit of disappointment as well. Prediction didn't come off, did it? Where was the advert, man? Where was the advert in the middle of the Super Bowl? Before we get there, though, um, don't forget, you can subscribe to us, fightdisciples.com. And you can also subscribe to us on YouTube. Fight Disciples is what you are looking for. I got a little bit giddy. I'm going to be honest. I saw Dana White in that Bud Light advert, and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, man, we're all going in the right direction. I saw people dropping clues left, right, and center on the social media throughout the whole course of Super Bowl week. I'm getting even more giddy, and I'm thinking, you're throwing red earrings. Even John Jones is talking about making an early comeback for 300, mate. Come on, let's do it. No, we'll just leave this to Patrick Mahomes. What? No, I didn't come for Patrick Mahomes. I came for you, Dana. Where are you? Where's the Billy Strut? Not to be. Not to be. Never gutted. Mind. Never mind. I was gutted. I stayed up all night waiting for an advert. I was absolutely <laughs> gutted that it didn't come off. Because everyone was teasing towards it, weren't they? Everyone was teasing it. What do, maybe, what do you think? What maybe do they're telling the truth. Maybe they don't have a main event as of yet. Maybe they're still looking for it. Well, clearly they don't, yeah, because did you see the interview John Jones did with Submission Radio down in Australia? Yeah. Jones is obviously on some kind of Australian tour at the moment, and the guys at Submission Radio had grabbed him and done an interview and asked him about his situation in UFC 300, and he was like, oh, Hunter Campbell, the UFC lawyer, rang me just the other day and said, would it be available, even though it's only nine weeks away? And I was like, and and obviously John Jones had said, I said, you know, I, I wouldn't be ready in time. I've only got a handful of fights left at best and I want to make sure I'm 100%, blah, blah, blah. John Jones being John Jones, to be honest with you, he's, you know, he's he's not a company man. He's a John Jones man. And that's, that's down to him. But it's quite concerning that even now that he said that was this week. So the UFC are obviously scrambling around trying to get a what you would class as a main event worthy of UFC 300, even at this late stage. So, yeah, yeah that, that's, that surprised me. I saw some bits that Dana did last week, and he said, listen, this is changing every day. When we think we've nailed it on, then something else rears its head, so we explore that avenue, and it could be a documentary within itself just making this main event for UFC 300. The card, listen, I'll stand by it. I think the card's stacked. When you've got Davison Figueredo and Cody Garbrandt kicking off, your, your, it's your yeah. first prelim, your first yeah. fight of the night. You know that you're in for an action-packed evening. I agree with a lot of the fan base. It does just need that star power. It needs that sprinkling. It needs that wow moment. It needs that, oh my God. Um, it's concerning when you're hearing Dana talking about Connor's comeback not being till autumn. We were hearing from Camp Connor that I'm ready to go for 300. I'm ready to go for International Fight Week. Why is it being kicked back so late? That's concerning that we've got that uh, scenario. I think most fans would welcome Connor back with open arms. I think Michael Chandler will welcome him back as well. He's been sat there waiting for ages, hasn't he? Wanting to get in there. Um, So that scenario is something that everybody seems to be talking about. And then, of course, the main event for UFC 300. Jones saying what he said this week. Tom Aspinall making it look like he's booking flights. Tom, what's he doing, man? What's he doing? One, the UFC booked your flights, you fucker, right? I know that you ain't booking nothing. <laughs> <laughs> truth. 
just having a bit of banter. Alex Pereira was in London as well at the weekend, just gone, floating around all the sites. Mm-hmm. It is going to be, it's going to be fascinating, mate. But it, they've, got to, they've got to name it because what are we now? Nine, eight, eight, nine weeks away from UFC 300. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and this, you know, we've got an eliminator on there. We've got the BMF fight on there. We've got the women's strawweight yeah. title fight on there. But being told there's two more fights missing, and both of those fights were expected to be championship fights. So there's only there's only really Leon and Tom. I think Leon will feature. I think that will be on. But I, I don't think trying to get a bigger fighter than Bilal. Yeah, I, 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 maybe. I even I just don't think that's big enough. With all due respect to Leon, I just don't think it's big enough. I think it absolutely could be on there, but you need you need some you need that sexiness, don't you? You need that little bit of yeah. Um, yeah. I hope they get it. What, what is Lam Makachev moving up for greatness, taking on Leon? Is that enough? Hmm. Maybe. It's like, yeah, because is, you build it around Islam, you build it around Habib, you build it around all that, don't you? Stepping yeah, up when, to become a two-weight. Listen, man, is, put Israel Adesanya on here. Let's go. Let's get him back in. Is he... I think Izzy would have definitely spilt his beans by now. He can't hold his own water, is he? He'd let us know by now if he was coming back. <laughs> Pretty sure about that. Listen, there's only, one, there's, listen, there's only one man for it. There's only one man for it, mate. Ramadan starts soon, doesn't it? I guess that's what really rules out Islam. March. Yeah, Islam won't feature because Ramadan's March till uh, mid-April, yeah. Yeah. Um, if Volkanovski does to Poria... Here we go. Volkanovski versus um, Leon Edwards. <laughs> jump, jump Volk up two weight divisions. Okay, it's Volk, man. Let him do what he wants. If he beats Taporia, do what you want, mate. Absolutely, man. It's concerning. The 300 thing is concerning. Um, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll see a video from Dana in the not too distant future. I'm sure lots of people have got their thoughts on it. I, I thought that, I I think they thought they'd have it done by now. I think yeah, the I fact do. that they're scrambling around trying to get John Jones. So the John Jones thing means that must be Stepe. It must have been Stepe Jones. Mm. They must have offered them Stepe. Mm. Whereas Stepe has already turned down Aspinall. We know that for a fact because Tom's come out and said, "I said I'll fight Aspinall or uh, Stepe or John Jones," and Stepe came back and said, "I'm not fighting anyone but John Jones." So the fact they rang John Jones must have been. Right, we've got Stipe. He can do it in nine weeks. Are you good? And he's like, nah, man, we're in Australia. That ain't happening. <clears throat> Plus, didn't he tore his peck? John Jones. Yeah, has he not had surgery? He's supposed yeah. to be out, isn't he? Anyway, 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 that's that. We'll keep you up to date with it. Um, it is UFC 298 fight week. Volk is fighting to Puria this week. Giddy, really giddy. If you, I thought, I had stats, if you thought I had stats before, I got more. Coming this way for you. Yeah, there's there's stats, numbers, facts, figures of how this might play out uh, come Saturday night, but that's coming up a little bit later on in the week. Uh, the Apex was the destination at the weekend just gone, um, and we had several performances of the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bogdan Guskov come through with uh, his 12th first round uh, knockout, Carlos Prates. 
uh, knocked out uh, Trevin Giles in the second. Uh, Rodolfo Vieira chucking around some submissions in that first mm-hmm. round. And Dan Ige doing Dan Ige with a first round knockout. A touchy feely. There were your performance bonuses. We'll get to all that in a minute. Start with the main event, shall we? Jack Manson, Joe Pfeiffer. Um, and you were right, mate. Even though Joe Pfeiffer started, I thought, very, very well. Comes out the gate and there's a bit of a, there's lots of aggression there. He's very accurate. I'm thinking, ooh, Joe Pfeiffer is, he is the truth. Here we go. Let's go through the gears here. Very similar to what you were talking about on the boxing show when you were referring to Reese Bellotti's performance. Bit of experience, bit of old man type vibes. Yeah, all right, son, go on, crack on. I'm just going to stay in this fight for 10 minutes Mm -hmm. because you're used to blowing kids away in the first round. So let's see what you like at 15 minutes. Let's see what you like at 20 minutes. Let's see what you like at 25 minutes. And Jack Manson just used his brain. It wasn't amazing. It wasn't, wow, amazing. You know what I mean? A fight of the year contender. It was a very savvy performance from a vet, from a guy that's been there, done it, got the T-shirt. Yeah, he's been out for a year. Clever performance against this hot prospect coming through. Joe Pfeiffer's going to bounce back. I'm sure he's going to learn tons from that performance against Jack Manson, but it wasn't his night on Saturday night because he got all manned. Yeah. I thought for the first two rounds, Joe Pfeiffer was brilliant. Mm. Joe Pfeiffer was the guy and he was making a statement, but I think he'll go back, he'll watch that fight and he'll watch the first round and he'll go, I should have pulled the trigger. should have gone for it. I think he thought, well, okay, it's 25 minutes of this. I'm in no rush. Because there was a there was a couple of times in round one, Hamanson's legs had gone a little bit. He yeah, like, the overhand rights okay. were beautiful, weren't they? Mate, he couldn't miss with it. It was like le- leg kicks, left hooks, started just that right hook absolutely dropped, you know, staggered them everywhere. And you're like, okay. Joe Pfeiffer was like, boom, this is me, kid. I'm a top cont- I'm getting in the top ten. I'm going in the top ten. La, 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 da, da, da. Comes out second round, exactly the same thing. You know, I thought Hamanson had a better first minute, but then Piper took over again, just pushing him backwards, nice and dominant, real sharp boxing, stopped the takedown from Hamanson in the second round as well. By the end of round number two, I'm like, Joe Piper is the guy. He's flying. Mm-hmm. And wow, he's making a statement. And then it all changed in round three, didn't it? It all changed. Hamanson just made an adjustment, started going on the front foot, up the pace a little bit, and Joe Pfeiffer was like, "Wait a minute, I've been winning this in foot. I've been winning this in third gear. But actually, maybe it was fourth gear. Now you've gone up a gear. I can't go another gear. I've done my gears." And Hermanson was like, "Now I'm here to play, kid." And the fight just completely changed in that third round. Hermanson wins three, four, and five, mixing it up. A couple of takedowns in there along the way. Just nice straight boxing. Good leg kicks. Picking Piper off, and Piper just by the end of by towards middle of round four, Piper's run out of ideas. His gas tanks left him. He's like motherfucker. Gets taken down in that fifth round. Can't get back to his feet midway through the round. Hamanson nice and active, bit of ground and pound, just using heavy hips. Piper hasn't got anything left to get him off, mate. That is the quintessential old man and performance. The established top ten ranked guy. With the new kid on the block coming in and going, okay, kid, you do you. You do you for 10 minutes and then I'll do me. But when I do me, you better make sure there's some of you left. 
and Joe Playful had nothing left. I fully anticipate Jack Manson to appear on one of the European cards, maybe what we're doing in the UK in the middle of the year. He called out for Nazruddin Imavov, very intelligent call out as well. Just everything about it was intelligent this weekend, wasn't it? Good performance yeah. from him, gets on the microphone. I know that he made a plea uh, to have uh, MMA legalised in Norway. Brilliant again. He wants to do uh, UFC Norway. Uh, but then calling out Nazruddin Imavov, I think it makes an awful lot of sense. If we're going to do a UK show in the middle of the year, two Europeans there, there you go, Bosch. Crack on. Good fight. If they could get UFC in Norway, that would be a fantastic main event. Absolutely fantastic main event. Yeah. Sign me up. Um, Joe Piper, back to the drawing board. Not too far, mate. Listen, you just fought a top, top dude there in uh, in Jacko Manson. It's not a crime to lose at this game, man. It's a crime not yeah. to learn. And I'm sure you're going to learn tons. Uh, there was moments. There was moments in he both those minutes. open two rounds. He wins 10 minutes. Where he's it? got Hamanson rocking and rolling. Yeah. You know, you could even argue in that round one, Hamanson, when he gets the stanky leg and he kind of falls back against the fence a little bit and he's like, whoa, what, what fucking day is it? Who am I? And Piper doesn't pounce on him then because he's like, 25 minutes of this, my first main event. But I take it easy. Everything's going right. Why rush it? There's, he'll look back at that now and go, okay, that was a trigger point. That was a point where I go, he's hurt now. 30 seconds of pressure just to see how hurt he actually is. He never afforded himself that luxury to go, all right, I'm just going to blow 30 seconds mm. just to make sure. Because if he is in trouble, if he doesn't know what day it is, I can finish him here. But he was cautious first. I just think the, the experience he'll get from that to go, right, I've done 25 minutes. Now I know. When I smell blood, I'm going to go, hold a little bit. Uh, he'll come. He'll he'll be a much better fighter for it, Joe Piper, for this experience than he was before. Yeah, I agree. Uh, listen, we were gutted about this co-main event not featuring Leron Murphy. Um, I'm even more gutted now because of how explosive it was. We said in the build-up uh, last week that this could not fail to be good. Uh, Danny Gay, Andre Feely, they both want to do the same thing. They both want to let their hands go. They both want to hurt each other. Um, and I found it, I find fights like this so fascinating with the way that they play out where you've got a guy who's so technically sound, but incredibly patient, just waits. It's like a coiled viper in it, like a snake, just waiting to detonate Danny Gay. And then you've got Andre Feely, who's light, he's flowing, he's loose. Just struggling with range. Right, I'm throwing my stuff out there. Yeah, I'm a mile away. Yeah, I'm a mile away. Yeah, he's not coming in. He's not coming into my little space here. I want him to come into this space because I want to get him on the counter. Right, okay, I'm going to have to go a little bit further forward then. So he shuts that gap. Nope, still too far away. Still too far away. Right, I'm here now. And then the minute you're there, the snake. See ya. (laughs) Mate, fascinating, high-level game of the most brutal chess that you could possibly get. You kind of knew it was going to do that but you wanted to see you what you just wanted to see it play out in action and it did and it and it was just a sensational detonation from Danny Gay. I know the mates, I know that you know um they didn't necessarily want to do that to each other but this is the hurt game at the end of the day and it's business and he he had to do it and it was a, it was a fantastic performance short very sweet it was uh, it, it's fascinating when teammates fight each other when sparring partners fight each other and then they talk about it afterwards. Like I thought I was fascinated when Danny Gay was talking afterwards saying, Andre Feely, he batters me in training. He went, there's, there's amateurs in our gym who batter me in training. Because 
I don't fight the same way I train because the gloves are different, the setup's different, everything's different. I train to get my fitness up, known full well, and get my technicals up, known full well, that when it really matters, when the bright lights are shining, I can go to a different level or I can deliver a different level of power. And he talked about it quite extensively on comms. You know, I'm, I'm not massively great on, on those three comms, well, those two comms guys, especially when it comes to scoring fights. But still, they were they were bang on the money when they were talking about the fact that DC and, and Dominic Cruz, they were bang on the money when they were talking about the fact that the pulling shots in sparring when you're with teammates, when you're yeah. as powerful as Danny Ige, just to take a little bit of deuce off the top of the shots. Listen, no one wants to be sparked in training. We're here to work together. That allows Andre Feely to work that little bit more and to have a bit more success because the threat of getting knocked out isn't coming. So that's probably why Danny Gay does get roughed up in the gym a lot. But when the four-ounce gloves go on and when Danny Gay isn't holding back, and boy, didn't he hold back, especially with that finishing right hand when Feely was already on the deck, that's when you know there's no love lost and that's the difference about a real fight and what goes on in sparring. And I think for the moment there, Feely, I thought for two and a half minutes, it's quite entertaining. Feely was a little bit looser, a little bit sharper, as you say, and dancing around a little bit, looking good, painting nice pictures. Danny Gay was a bit more com- com- conservative, a bit more stalking. But as soon as Feely come in, and it, it was just a little bit of a hooping, lazy jab, wasn't it? He kind of come in with a bit of a lazy jab and was there. Oh, shit, I'm in the pocket. I'm right here. But before Feely could even go, oh, we better get out of here quick. As soon as that lazy jab come over, Ige knew right over the top of it. He's right there, right over the top. Bang! Lands clean. Bumph! All she wrote. I say the extra one on the ground wasn't really deserved or necessary. He's in, he's in the well, floor. You're in fight it? mode, man. You're in fight yeah. mode. For all you know, Feely might bounce up off the floor and fucking come straight back at you. So I've got no issue with that follow up straight whatsoever. <sighs> Very impressive. Do I want to see Danny Gay versus Lerone Murphy next? Yeah. Absolutely, I do. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, Robert Buricek versus Io uh, Pociera. What a weird fight. Weird fight. For those that have not seen it, Buricek, as we announced last week, he's been smashing everybody in Octagon. This was his UFC debut. He had two fall-offs last year, so this was the moment that he'd been waiting for. Pociera comes in last minute for Albert Durayev, who had visa issues. Pachera missed weight. Just want to flag that up. I know it's a last-minute, comes in. He missed it by one and a half, didn't he? I think he came in at 187 and a half. So, there's all that to play out. Now, first round, there's two big pauses in the action. Yeah. There's an eye, str- uh, there's an eye poke, and there's a, a weird punch to the nuts, which... It ain't on purpose. It's a deflection off the elbow, isn't it? And it lands in. in it's, it's a oh, weird one. Yeah, proper right hand in the ball. Yeah, he, he right hands him like, in the ball. Was that kick? Was a kickboxer or a blood sport with a guy fucking boom? With John Claude did the split. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, the guy yeah, in the nuts. yeah. It wasn't that. It, it wasn't like that. It, no. it was different. He's gone to punch him in the belly. It's deflected off it his elbow. And it's hit him in the nuts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I think that was that a nine-minute round. That was a nine-minute yeah, opening round. It was mad. It was madness. Um, but. Bracek is in a really good flow, man. He's landing some banging right hands. He can't miss uh, Io Pacieria. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, right, okay. This guy, you could tell he loads up with everything, right? And he's used to knocking dudes out early. So you're thinking to yourself, he's going to get him. 
he's going to get him at some point because he can't miss. He steps outside that southpaw stance and bang with a right hand coming through the middle. He's catching him beautifully. But the two pauses in action just seem to have flipped the fight on its head. The way the first round finishes, Bracek, maybe the stop, he's, he's, he's cooled down. The adrenaline's not pumping as much. I don't know. But he just couldn't get his timing going again. He couldn't get his timing. He couldn't get anything going again for the next 12 minutes of the fight. And Pacheria then just comes into this floor state and he and he ends up ta taking it on the cards. I actually thought 30-27 was a bit wide. I thought Bracek took the first round. So 29-28 on, on my card. But the next two, like I said, he just couldn't get it going again. And Pacheria uh, took it for me on the cards, rightfully so. Yeah, from, from Brightcheck's point of view, making his UFC debut, finally, long-awaited. He's got, it could, it, obviously, it could have gone worse. He could have got chin, but that opening round, just the eye poke and then the punch to the nuts, which was completely accidental. And even the eye poke, you know, it wasn't like his fingers were, you no. know, you know he was never John Jones. Yeah, exactly. But his, his his fist was closed as well. But he kind of put his hand out to move away. And I don't know whether it was just, it wasn't an extended finger. It must have been a knuckle just caught him inside the eye. I, I thought it might have been a little bit harsh to call it an eye poke, to be honest. But it wasn't a strike either. It was a feeling out to push away. So I guess it's got to be an eye stroke, an eye poke. But and then the nut shot. I just think he had no luck whatsoever in that opening round. And okay, he wasn't on the receiving end of a fucking eye poke and a punch to the balls. But it as you say, it threw him off. He was fine. After that, he just couldn't get going. And he made Patina look great. And Patina's, you know, his, his hands are so low. He's got the he's got the southpaw stance, but his right hand's down here under his hip. Midway through the second round, he's like, he's throwing it from his waist and like throwing this jab up here. And he just couldn't miss, he couldn't miss him with it. I think Bright Jack will go away and be like, fucking hell, that was a bit of a disaster. And it was. Patina didn't show me anything where they went like, oh, you're you're outstanding. But he, st he stung him in the third, didn't he? He rocked him in the third. Yeah, yeah. He, he dropped him in the third. Um, but yeah, Bright Jack early doors. I thought, ooh, there's going to be a knockout here. And then he just yeah. could not get his rhythm going. No. Weird fight. A weird fight. Yeah. Uh, Robocop doing Robocop things. Yeah. I, thought he, I thought he was really good, mate. I thought Brilliant. I thought he dominated the fight against Brad Savarez uh, and then delivers the knockout in the third round. Uh, he just turned the gas up, didn't he? He was it was it was a steady like it was like a hovercraft, one pace. Yeah, cool man. He's not doing anything different, so I'm not doing anything different. And then he got to the third round and he went, right, fuck it, cook him. And he just went, like, fuck off, and, just went, and then put his foot down and away he went. I thought uh, Greggy was great, uh, and it wasn't rocket science either. It was a uh, right okay. We're in the third round now. I think I'm winning. I'm convinced I'm winning, but still, I'm gonna take it out of the hands of the judges, Dana White style. And you know what's gonna do it? The old one-two baby. And he just pieced them up with a one-two. Bang bang. Okay, that's Lander on Tavares. He's backing up against the fence. Sound there's another one. Little faints. Bang bang. Clicks again. Little faints. Bang bang. Two faints. Bang bang. <laughs> in the end, Tavares covering up. Referee jumps in. Robocop blasting and everywhere. Wasn't rocket science. Doesn't have to be rocket science. As long as you're landing accurate shots. I thought he could have coasted there. He could have coasted and probably won a points decision. But he didn't. He went, nah, man, I'm gonna step, I'm gonna step on you and get this finish. And I thought he was great. What was he throwing at the end? Ten punch combo to force the referee in. Boss. Do you want to play uh jujitsu with Rodolfo Vieira? Nope. Absolutely not. He's good, isn't he? 
Mate, I wouldn't even like to do stand-up with him. Yeah, he's yeah. Sojin's yeah, yeah. a very, very good stand-up fighter, very high level. And I thought he was doing well. Those little low leg kicks, nice little jab from Vieira as well. This is, you know, when you're an elite jujitsu guy, everyone knows what you're doing. Everyone knows who you are. Everyone knows what you're trying to get to. So it's fundamental, as his record has proven, that you add something else to your game. And for me, Vieira is getting better with the stand-up. Those leg kicks are important. That's it. You're, you're not looking to win the fight on the feet. What you are looking to do is take the striking away from your opponent, which is his strong game. So job number one, either work to the body or kick away those legs, take his base from under him. So he does that, focuses on that. But he's also got himself a really nice jab, Rodolfo Vieira. But a nice, powerful jab, nice and snappy, commits to it. Brilliant. That's all you need. You've got a good jab. You can keep him off. You can kick his leg, kick his legs from under and take his base away. Sound. You've got him thinking now. Now Potosian's got to take a chance. As soon as he takes a chance, double leg the motherfucker, take him down, find a town. And that's where Rodolfo Vieira is king. <laughs> Loves swimming down there, doesn't he? Loves being on the mats. Uh, anybody else stand out for you? Just that Parates KO of Trevin Giles. That was just... An absolute oh. left hand from hell. Just a brilliant finish. Disguised it really well. Real barrage of shots. Plum clinch. Couple of tinies in there. Giles is reeling backwards. And then just a lovely bang, bang. One, two. Right down the middle. That backhand left just as soon as it landed. Good night, Vienna. Ta-da. Yep. Ta-da, Trevin. Yeah, exactly. Uh, UFC 298 fight week. Good card, this, isn't it? Very good. What are you looking forward to most? And if it's the main events, give me another fight. Honestly. Yeah. I want to see what Ian Gary does. Yeah, me too, man. Me too. Um, he's not up against it. He's not yeah, up against it. Is he up against it? We did a, we did our preview show for TNT with Bispin uh, the back end of last week, and we had Ian Gary on, so that that'll be released if not today. Yeah. I'm sure it probably will be today. Yeah, um, and he's Mega Man. He, he's a fascinating character, Ian, because there's a lot of shit going on in his world, and we've talked about it extensively on here, and we even suggested he's probably loving every second of it. And I don't think that's true. To be fair, he wasn't loving every second of it, but. He does realise the benefits of it. The fact that for the last few fucking months, Ian Gary has been on everybody's lips. And for in terms of his own career trajectory, that can only be a good thing. And only be a good thing. You know, yeah. I bet you this was close to being the co-main event. Never mind co-co-main event. Because of the Ian Gary noise. Yeah. I think from a British and Irish fight fans' point of view, and knowing Ian as we do know him, that's probably maybe a bit of a biased pick regarding the fight. Because I, I genuinely think that Stylistically, it plays out very similar to what we we saw with uh, Neil Magny. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just interested in the fight week around Ian Gary. How you know are people with him? What what's said to him? How does he deal with it? Because it is a big test this week. Big test. I, I know what the like can do in the octagon. I know he's I know he's absolutely sensational. Mm-hmm. Can you deal with this heat? Can you deal with all this noise that's going to be around you? I would say that, yes, he can. I want to see it, though. I want to see it play out. I want to see him silence people. I like stuff like that. I like it when people are up against it and everybody seems to be against you and you just go, <laughs> not today, motherfucker. I uh, love all that. So I'm looking forward to seeing Ian Gary. Fascinated 
with Mirab and Henry Cejudo. Fascinating, just because Mirab's a fucking wild man, an absolute lunatic. So looking forward to that. And for the exact same reasons, fascinated with Whitaker Costa because Costa's a fucking wild man. I don't know what Costa's turning up this week, mate. Is he going to hit the weight? Is he going to be right on the scales? Is he going to do some mad shit at press conferences? I know what Robert Whitaker's turning up. Cool, calm, collected. Same as he always does, man. And I know how he's going to fight at the weekend. But Costa, I don't know what Costa we're getting, mate. So there's so many, so many incredible fights on UFC 298. It's a, it's a brilliant card. And I know that you said don't pick the main event. But how can you not pick the main event? The main event is, it's off the charts. Because we're living in the Volkanovski era. That's what we're in. We're in it right now. And there's a feeling that it's coming to an end. But does it come to an end on Saturday? The more I, I watch, for, it, it gets you every time, doesn't it? Because I'm looking at facts, stats, stats, and all this type of stuff, and I go, it's coming to an end on Saturday. It's coming to an end on Saturday. Right? That's, that's, that's where I'm at in my head. Then I watch Volk. I listen to Volk. I have interaction with Volk. And I'm like going, it's not coming to an end on Saturday. <laughs> Volk's going to do Volk things. I, I completely agree with you. You know, and, and I was all in on the Ilya Tapora train. And I kind of still am all in on the Tapora train. But I talked about it on the TNT preview show. And I'm doubling down on it that if anyone can book the trend, defeat the stats, as he has proven with these yeah. new stats... It's Alexander Volkanovsky. So you'd be an absolute lunatic to bet against Volk. But you're right. This card, this main card is absolutely insane. I can't wait till Thursday. Can't wait to talk about it more. There's so many great fights. Ian Gary being higher on the card than two-way future Hall of Famer Henry Ciudo is absolutely mental. But again, tells you everything you need to know about Ian Gary and what the last six months have been for his personal profile and trajectory in this sport. So yeah, I can't wait for Thursday to dive into it so much more. One thing I do want to ask you about, and that's why I dropped off for a second then with my audio because I picked up my phone to check it. What did you make of Henry Ciudo's firing of Eric Albarassian, his coach, on... UFC embedded, right? Like, with the cameras going, I that was really right. Old blooded man. Well, I haven't watched the episode, so I haven't seen it, so I can't tell You've you. Just seen the clip, like me, yeah. I've seen a clip. I've seen. Uh, I think I might have got this off Till. Till might have put something on his social media or something like that, making comment. I'm, and I've I've clicked through via that way. Going, what the fuck's this? So it's unfair for me to go. Oh, this is that. That I don't know the scenario, but you can't do that. If you if you are if it's legit and you are removing a coach from your staff for a fight and you're doing it on camera when you've been together for such a long period of time, come on, man, that's a behind closed doors conversation. You just go, listen, it's not working out. This is it. I'm not getting what I need out of this camp. I'm thinking of going in this direction. Thanks, mate, for all the great work that we've done together. I'm going to try something new for this. You don't mug somebody like that. If that's what's happened, like I said, I haven't seen the episode. I need to go and have a look at it properly. But come on, man. That's not how we behave, is it? Yeah. Don't ambush. I know what it's like to get ambushed in public. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 
No, listen, obviously, I like I, I love Henry Cejudo. He, he's been incredible for this sport, and he absolutely saved the flyweight division. And Coach Eric, as mad as he is, yeah, as, as colourful and as an individual a character that he is, we've we've had him on shows with us. You know, he's an, he's a good dude. He's yeah. absolutely in the right place, and he would walk over broken glass for his fighters like every great trainer should. What I seen in that clip, and again, I'm like you, maybe I need to take a step back and go and watch the full thing. To to basically fire a guy effectively on live on on a TV like that, and then filming, handling it, and then have him look down the battle and smile at the fact that he's been pushed out the door like that was very. It just felt weird, man. It felt very cold blooded from Henry and very. I'm surprised after they've had a relationship for so long that he would play it out like that. So I, I, I need to see the full clip like you, a little bit of a, you know, yeah. let's take a step back. Let's see the full clip. But I thought that was from from the optics of that little clip that the UFC have clearly released. That wasn't a good look, man. Wasn't no. a good look at all. I'll tell you what I am livid about. I don't know the actual name of the company, but the Australian firm, is it Sportsnet, Sportsbook? Dot au, oh, who, were, who were who were taking over the UFC fight weight uh, skits? You filthy pigs! I know what you've been up to. You've looked at the TNT gang and you've gone to yourself. We need a piece of that. Who do we use all the time for our skits? The Volk. How many skits has he been in? with us? so many. Having said that, though, I'm only angry because I'm, fuck, I'm fucking jealous because that yeah. is sensational. To take the piss out of the 35-year-old stat, to take the piss out of it, to get Volk to act the way Bionic. that Volk acted, Amazing. it is. It's one of the best pieces of work that I've seen in a long period of time. You've you've yeah. upped our game. Don't you worry. I'm back at the drawing board now. We're, we're, we're cooking up <laughs> something new. But that Outstanding. is sensational, mate. And well done, Volk, because that's how you take ownership of a, of a scenario. He's, he's owning it now. He's actually yeah. diluted it and squashed it and put it and, and got of rid of it. Yes, absolutely. And I'm and and again, that adds to the thing that I was saying two minutes ago about the more I see a vault this week, all the facts and stats that I could throw at you were he's coming off the back of the knockout loss to Makachev. It's this 35 year old thing. It's coming to the end of his career. The... Now, nah, man, it's Volkanovsky. Mm. Remember that it's Volkanovsky. He ain't like the rest. It was a guy 12 months ago. We were all unified and saying, yeah. this guy's the best fighter on the planet. The only reason he's not there now is because he dared to be great twice. Second time at late notice in a weight division alien to his own. <laughs> he's still Volkanovski. He's still beating a featherweight. I've never cheered against myself, right? Start of the year, I was asked by TNT, who's going to be the featherweight champion coming the end of 2024? Ilya Tapura was the answer. So that's right, the answer. that's what I said. Right, I that, that's the answer I gave. But I tell you what, in the early hours of Sunday morning, I'm going to be fucking singing Men at Work, Man from Down Under, man, at the top of my lungs going, come on, little fella, let's rock and roll again, sunshine. Let's do it for the 35 pluses. Mm -hmm. My days. And you know what? Even if, Volk, even if Volk wins this weekend, though, Tapora could still end the year as champion. Yeah, because could Tapora's be right. that good, I think Tapora will absolutely come again. But I can't wait for it. Listen... I can't even talk too much about that fight right now. I need to. I need a few more days to digest the week to really see. Because Tapora, every time I see Tapora speak about it, I'm convinced he's going to win. 
Yeah. And every time I see Volk speak about it, I'm convinced he's going to win. Gonna be great. That's how you know you've got a belt on your hands. It's going to be great. It's going to be an awesome fight. It's going to be an awesome fight week. I cannot wait for this week. And I'm sure you can't as fight fans uh, as well. So make sure you come back to us later on in the week. We will uh, dish out a preview of UFC 298. As Nick alluded to a minute or two ago, we've already done uh, the one for TNT Sports. So Bispin's on that one, of course, as he always is with us. But we also bring in Ian Gary. So definitely go and check that out. It's well worth a bit of a watch. Really good to hear from Ian um, just on everything that's been going on in his life. Of course. There's a, there's a, there's a vibe about him and I'm looking to see what, how that vibe transcends into Fight Week this week. Anyway, on that, thank you very much for tuning in to us. You can uh, subscribe to us via Fight Disciples website, fightdisciples.com, if you need an audio feed. Fight Disciples is who we are on uh, YouTube. Please subscribe to us there, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.